Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. So our producer, Maverick Peters' dad, Scott Peters, was a heck of a high school wrestler, and he wrestled every day with the same guy, and they both made the state tournament. That guy was Jack Coslin. He's the owner of ServPro of Beechwood. ServPro of Beechwood is the industry leader in flood and fire cleanup and restoration, and they serve all of Northeast Ohio. But they're also short of staff. They're looking for team members. And if you're willing to work hard and help homeowners and businesses get their lives back in order and work with a former state qualifier, seek out ServPro of Beechwood. They will provide training, support, and, of course, benefits. So if you're looking for that good entry-level position, seek Jack Coslin, the owner of ServPro of Beechwood, at ServProofBeechwood.com. Jack Coslin, thank you. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time, and I've got a great guest with me, but uh, not in the studio, but on the phone, Teague Moore. Teague, how you doing, man? I'm well, thank you so much for having me today. Oh, we're glad to have you, man. National champ. In the late 90s, right? That is correct. 1998 for Oklahoma State. Okie State. Uh, you were there uh, kind of after uh, one of our, our good friends of, in, in the podcast world here in Beachwood, uh, uh, Alan Freed. Yeah. Alan, Alan had just finished up uh, when I was coming in. Gotcha. Uh, also from the area, Hesh Shagafi was at, Hesh was actually still there sure. at Oklahoma State when I went in. I mm-hmm. was a freshman when he was a senior. So yeah, we've had some crossover uh, with the Ohio guys and, and my Pennsylvania background. Absolutely, and, and you were at American for a, a number of years, right? As the head coach. Yeah, correct. I was uh, I was in for ten seasons. I came in 2011 after five years at Clarion University. Sure. And uh, finished up this past January um, here at American. Well, they're they're very glad to have you there, and I, I think you you are post uh, Jordan Lip. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. Jordan had just finished before I came into American. Okay, and uh, Jordan actually had, had stuck around and helped uh, as an alumni, an active alumni, sure, with our freestyle club, uh, the DC Athletic Club. While I was there, he was on our board. Well, he was a special guy for us. He was a four-time state place winner at Beachwood, but he was our first freshman state champion. So it was a wow. what a great kid. And uh, he had yeah. a, a great brother, Kevin Lip, too, who was also a freshman state champ and ended up being a bookend state champ. He took first, third, third, and first. Uh, so the Lip wow. family is very accomplished for us in uh, this little town of Beachwood, Ohio. Yeah. So, Teague, tell me a little bit about your, your experience uh, at Oklahoma State and uh, an amazing storied program and some of the incredible people, not only that you had as coaches, holy cow, what a, what a who's who of coaching uh, at, at Oakey State, but also in the room, and I, I must have been wars almost every day, right? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was a special time at Oklahoma State. We had just come off death penalty there at Oklahoma State where they almost, you know, they shut down the wrestling program, and uh, so yep. when I came in in the fall of 94, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just coming off a national championship uh, with Alan Freed, Pat Smith, Mark Branch, and uh, Coach Smith, John Smith, uh, was the head coach at that time. Right. Um, Pat Smith was was helping assist. Mark Perry Sr. was helping assist. Uh, Mark Branch was still on the team with me at that time. Sure. Teammates for two years, and then Mark joined the coaching staff. So we just had a really uh, special group, and we were rebuilding, uh, you know, the Oklahoma State dynasty at that time. So teammates, Eric Guerrero came in. Uh, he and I came in together in the fall of 94. Uh, we never redshirted. We wrestled straight through till 99. And uh, myself and, like I said, Mark Branch was on the team at that time. And sure. Stephen Schmidt, a number of other guys that were multiple-time All-Americans, national champions. And uh, our goal was to really just put – Oklahoma State back up on top and keep them there and three of those four years we were ranked number one in the country and uh, we had two uh, second place finishes at the NCAA championships a third place finish at the NCAA championships and then a number of us went on to wrestle internationally after that and so that kept us on the mats sure and took me back to Oklahoma State in 2004 for some coaching but it was uh, it was a special group and a special time I learned a lot yeah, and, and, you know, to, to have that transition, because I remember, um, you know, we were intimately involved with Allen having to go through that in 93, where he, you know, basically would have been a national champ. Not basically, he would have been a national champ, but he had to forfeit that. And then, of course, he won it in 94 against Abbas. But, um, you know, coming out of that, you guys really were the litmus test to bring that program back to not only, uh, you know, uh, the legacy of it, but also just the health and, uh, you know, our hats are off to you on that. Thank you. It was, uh, it was, like I said, it was a special time and coach Smith having just come off of two Olympic titles sure. four world titles, it was, it was a great time to be at Oklahoma state. And, uh, we really felt like we were putting ourselves in the right place to, to accomplish our goals, both collegiately and then internationally. A number of us went on to international careers as well. And, and then a number of us went into division one coaching. So yep. coach Smith set a big precedence in our life. The cradle of coaches and also the cradle of men. I had uh, an opportunity to interview Hash Sagafi. I, I actually coached his brother Dar at John Carroll university. And both of those guys are self-made men. And I mean, literally Hesh was forged if you will, as a man in the fire of that, that wrestling room at Oki state. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's so many of us that would agree mm-hmm. our lives were really impacted in a big way just because of the level of excellence that's demanded, um, yes. the level of commitment that is demanded. I think it teaches us all, all of us, a lot of things that transition and transfer in different ways. And now a number of us have found success in careers outside of wrestling. Yes. And, um, But if you if you go back through your uh, our time, you can see where we learned a lot, whether it was work ethic, attitude, commitment, uh, all the little ingredients, the attributes that somebody has to have to be able to succeed. And Hesh is a great example of somebody that took it and and really put it uh, into his business realm. And now. You know, I think we could all agree if you looked at it, if you looked at his business realm in terms of wrestling, yes. he's a national champion, if not a world champion, again and again because yep. he's put himself as a premier leader in his industry, and he, he continues to push the forefront of, of what's happening and what needs to be done for that industry, and well, that ultimately is is what makes people special. Well said, Teague, and I also had an opportunity to interview one of your 
uh, teammates, Nick Perler. And his journey also, I think, speaks to on some of the things what not to do and also some of the adversity um, that may have uh, initially made him bitter. But I think he took that and really has made himself an incredible coach and an incredible program uh, yeah. that, that he brings to our sport. Absolutely. Absolutely agreed. And so having said that, you brought that for – 16 years, I believe, as a coaching career, maybe even 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 more. Uh, and then you now are making the transition into the business world. Tell me a little bit about that thought process and what really motivated you to do that and to make this change now in your life. Yeah. So um, as a head coach and an assistant coach, um, I put in almost 20 years at okay. the Division One level. Okay. Uh, I bounced around as an assistant coach for a little while. Uh, while I was training internationally and wrestling internationally. So, so I learned from some great division one coaches, yeah. um, Randy Stottlemyre at Pitt, Jack Spates at Oklahoma, of course, uh, coach Smith at Oklahoma state. Yep. Um, I went to Harvard for two years. So I was under Jay Weiss. Sure. Um, yeah. I, when I stepped out and got my first head job, you know, the goals were very big. I was taking over a Clarion University program that was 0-17. They had no national qualifiers in the room. Wow. Our academics were the lowest in Division One wrestling, so there was a lot of uphill battle just to get the program back to be competitive again. And so I put five years there, and uh, we won the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference for the first time in 16 years while I was there. And That's that fantastic. opened the door for American. Yes. At American, I was following Mark Cody, who sure. had just taken the job at Oklahoma. And so over all those years, as a head coach and an assistant coach, there were certain things that um, I think they, they, they transfer very well into the business world. And now that I've stepped away from coaching, I'm now with a real estate group in Crofton, Maryland. It's the WF Chesley Real Estate Group. Okay. I, I'm on the construction management side, okay. and so I'm working with land development. I'm working with our residential and commercial construction management projects that we're on, and the gentleman that runs the company is an old wrestler, and he basically is giving me a chance. I mean, he really took a chance on me to come in okay. and learn an industry that I was not well-versed in. I grew up around construction because I had an older brother that had a small renovation firm okay. in Pittsburgh. So okay. I knew a little bit of it, but now that I'm fully transferring over to it, I, I look at each and every day kind of like I'm preparing to try and win a national title, right? Like so that. each and every day I'm going to give the best effort I can when I walk into the office. Mm -hmm. I need to learn the language and they do speak its own language. It's like anybody that comes into the world of wrestling, the first time they get around a wrestling program, they start to realize they wrestling has its own language. Well, sure. the construction industry and the development industry has its own language as well. And so I've really just immersed myself so that I can learn that. And then ultimately I have to take a step back mentally and I have to I really have to treat myself as if, I'm, as if I'm a freshman again at Oklahoma State. Sure. And so every day I come in, I feel like I'm getting my butt kicked. Okay, uh, okay. By what I'm learning. Yes. But I also have the confidence that if I'm willing to put the time in and the effort in, I can definitely climb that, that ladder of success. And that's all I'm doing right now. I'm just really immersing myself in it so that I can learn the industry from the bottom up. I want to learn how to do everything 
at the base level sure. and then work my way up so that eventually I can work, uh, whether it's land development deals or, or it's, um, going in and rehabbing old properties, okay. um, whichever direction I choose to go. Yes. I'm just looking at it like it's another wrestling match and it's another national championship that I want to win. Oh, that's why I hired you. There's no question about it. And, you know, right. we, we, ha- we had that as a core throughout the entire blood time interviewing process through all of our people that we've interviewed. And we also interviewed uh, a contemporary of yours, Tim Cortad, um, who was uh, the president of Pride One Construction. And he talks about that and building his team. And, um, but the work ethic and, and just the ability, the willingness to do what it takes uh, is, right. is just a core through all of us. And I, and I love to hear that. And, you know, I want to talk to you, Teague, uh, not only about uh, your, your, what you're doing now in the business career, but uh, I want to talk to you about um, somebody that inspired you, that transformed you, and then maybe somebody that you helped transform. And that's those stories. And I want to do that after the break, but we got to take a break to pay homage to the people that keep us on the air. So we'll be right back. Absolutely. We'll be right back with Teague Moore uh, after the break. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com Hey, have you ever wondered how the ultra-wealthy grow their real estate portfolio so fast and furious? Have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept? Learn how you can become your own bank and build out your own real estate portfolio like the pros, like the ultra-wealthy. Call Ed Knezovich or Ryan Miller at Next Level Continuing Education at 614-648-2440. Learn how to purchase investment real estate without spending a dollar of your own capital through Next Level Continuing Education. 614-648-2440. This episode is brought to you in part by ESPN Cleveland and Good Karma Brands. And we're back with Teague Moore. This is Coach Simroni for Blood Time. Teague, great uh, first segment with the Okie State and, oh, my God, right, uh, and American University, incredible programs. Um, but I want to talk about specific in- individuals. Was there anybody in your uh, formation, high school, college, uh, even in coaching, that really transformed you and made you think differently? And then what did you do with that transformation? Yeah, there there, there absolutely was. So. They're kind of tied together, okay. um, and and I'll and I'll try and keep it. Um, I'll try and keep it concise, but no, no so worries. There's, there's really three people when I look back on my life. There's three people that really transformed me. So, so okay. number one, it was my father, sure. who passed away in my sophomore year while I was at Oklahoma State in oh, 1996. Wow. He died unexpectedly. Wow. Uh, my brother, Ty, who was a Pennsylvania four-time state champion, only lost once in high school, wow. uh, and was arguably one the, the biggest recruit coming out of 
uh, high school in 1990. Sure. Uh, he went on and wrestled at the University of North Carolina. Unfortunately, he passed away from alcoholism in 2014. Oh, that's a tragedy. And, and the third piece yeah. of that puzzle was John Smith. Right. Sure. So I'll, I'll kind of give it to you in the in a chronological order. My father, who never wrestled. Sure. Really What's your father's killed, name? Uh, John Moore. John Moore. So, okay. Yeah, he, he was born in Pittsburgh. Sure. And it came up through a rough upbringing. What part of uh, Pittsburgh? Two, uh, so he kind of was raised all over. Okay, um, okay. Unfortunately, my, his parents were, were both alcoholics. Gotcha. And my dad kind of had to raise himself. Uh, never finished high school. Yes. Um, he went into the military early. Okay. Basically so that he could have a place to have a, a roof over his head and, and – and food on his table, gotcha. right? So he yeah. went in early to yep. the military. Yep. When he came out, he met my mom. They ended up having seven kids. I was the youngest of the, the seven kids. Wow. So my dad realized early on, he, he wasn't very, he wasn't brought up in sports, but he saw what wrestling could do for his kids. Sure. And so he got the boys involved with wrestling. Okay. Of which my, my older brothers all experienced success at some level. Okay. I had an older brother, Tommy, that went and wrestled at Appalachian State from sure. 80 to 83. My brother, Ty, went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill from 90 through 95. Okay. And Ty's success in high school. So my dad brought my brother, Ty, up with the attitude of, you're, gonna, you're going to do the amount of work and compete at the highest levels that we can get you to. Sure. My brother just totally embraced it as he was growing up and became a standout superstar in Pennsylvania. Well, yeah. when he went off to North Carolina, he kind of lost some of that direction. Okay. Um, and unfortunately with what my dad brought him up with, when he went off to college, he didn't keep that same, he didn't have somebody with their thumb on him to basically just help him walk the path academically. Okay. The academic shortfalls, you know, affected his wrestling. Sure. Well, for me, when I was brought up under my dad's kind of direction, I saw my brother Ty's success. Then I had the opportunity to go wrestle for John Smith. That's why I say the three of them are very, you know, it's, it's tied together. The I got it. Yeah. Together. No, no this makes together. a lot of sense. Yes. Yes. When I went off to Oklahoma State, mm -hmm. John Smith brought me up in, in an attitude that was very similar to my dad's. There was okay. no excuses. Right. There was no, there was never blaming anybody else as you went through. You, right. your, your, your shortfalls and your successes were on your shoulders, and, and he really held me accountable to that. Yes. The other thing that Coach Smith really drove into us at Oklahoma State was that we are the only people that hold ourselves back from the limits, right? Huh. There's no limit that's really put on you. Sure. It's what you think is put on you mentally. Okay. And so that's what really drove me. He, he wanted us to see us win at the NCAA level. He wanted us to see it, see us win at the world level. And if we chose at the Olympic level. And so yep. my two Olympic runs in 2000 and 2004 to make those teams. I ended up third at both of those Olympic trials. But okay. fortunately, I made some some world championship ones. I, I, I won the university world championships in 2000 in Tokyo. Okay. Those experiences, all th those three people in my life transformed me so that I could understand that was the level I was capable of competing at. Yes. But not only competing at, that I could win at. And yep. those are two similar but different types of mindset. It's one thing to think you can compete there. Yes. It's another thing that to think that you can be on top.
Right. And so, you know, they transformed me in different phases of my life. Sure. And ultimately where I'm at right now, having right. stepped away from wrestling and doing the, the construction that I'm in right now, I basically have said, if I've done it at those levels before, I just need to go back to what the basics were. What did my dad help me succeed with? What did my brother Ty teach me? What did my college coach John Smith teach me? How do I take those things, use them now in this business world and find a way to succeed? And and that's what I'm on the path of doing. And sometimes too, it's also what not to do. And, you know, uh, I'm sure you have such love and, and reverence and for the memory of your brother Ty, but maybe he also showed you some of the things not to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, you and know God, academically, yeah. I touched upon that. Sure. He really faltered academically. He, he never had academics as a priority. And by the time he went to college, yeah. it caught up to him, right? Sure. It ended up being a huge negative. And yes. so kind of going on the, the answering your question of who did I transform? Yes. There's some key individuals while I was coaching at both Clarion and at Oklahoma State that are at American right. that I took the things that I learned while at Oklahoma State and learned from my brother Ty. Yes. And I wanted to make sure that the academics were priorities for those guys. Every time yes. I would go visit a recruit or they would come into my program, I always tried to think if this were my brother, how would I impress upon him that the academics are a priority? Yes. And while I was at American, we had huge success with our academics, some of the highest GPAs in college wrestling during my 10 years there. Uh, every year, uh, anywhere from two to four academic All-Americans coming out. Those guys... And, well, and we had, you, competed we had, against, you competed against Ivy, right? Because I know that uh, Jordan took second to, to Dake at the yeah. league tournament, right? What league is yeah. that? What league so, are you guys? So we were in the EIWA. That's Eastern right. Yeah, Eastern yeah. Collegiate Wrestling Association. And yes. you're correct. We're we're going against the Ivy Leagues. Mm -hmm. Our school in American was in the Patriot League, which is high level academics, just like the Ivies. Yes. And so that was kind of my when when I worked with my wrestlers. And there's a there's a long list of guys that during their time. Yes. The, the one that I would probably say I'm very proud of or most proud of, David Terrell. In 2016, everyone saw David Terrell at Madison Square Garden where he became an All-American, made the semifinals for AU. Sure. But a lot of people didn't know the struggles David went through academically. When he first came to American, he was from the state of Hawaii. Wow. Academics were not a, he was he was a smart, bright kid, but academics didn't have a high priority on his list, and it took – it took a couple of seasons for me to get him to understand I've got to do it in the classroom as well as doing it on the mat. Yes. And ultimately his success and what he was able to accomplish, it, 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 he didn't give up one to get the other. And that's something that I was really proud to see him do by his senior year. The, the world got to see him on at a success level at the NCAAs in right. Madison Square Garden and see what an incredible – wrestler he was but at the same time he had put himself academically in really good standing sure so that he didn't he didn't have to give up his wrestling opportunity and again it was just something over the years that I felt as a coach I really wanted to see my guys succeed in the classroom because ultimately for every single one of us at some point our wrestling shoes come off mm -hmm. and we have to ask ourselves what are we going to do after wrestling's done? Right? Yes, of coach, course. Absolutely. No question. So many, yeah. 
so many people cannot go into coaching full time. And so you're going to have to go do something else with your life. How do you take the, the attributes that wrestling teaches you Yes. and how do you use those for life and tra- transfer them into other areas? And that was something I look back on my time in coaching that I'm really, really happy that I transformed some of those wrestlers into guys that understood the importance in other aspects of their life. And that's, and, that's the reason for blood time. That is exactly, you know, because uh, I, I am coaching, but I'm a businessman too. And so I've seen that transformation and I've interviewed, you know, 70 people uh, that, that share those types of stories, Teague. And what is David doing now with that? He's, I'm sure he's a graduate. What, what's he doing now in the real world? So he is now, he's a, he's a grappling coach I'll be darned. at an MMA school in Washington, D.C. So, That's cool. So he works under a UFC fighter that runs a gym. Okay. David now runs the structure for the wrestling and the grappling portions of the gym. Okay. Um, and he's succeeding, and he's doing really well in life. And He's making, he's... Same thing. They're, they're succeeding in life after wrestling. Well, Teague, that's, and he's that rare athlete that's actually making money in his, in his chosen sport that he wrestled in, you know, that he, that he participated in. And it's such a rarity that people make money in your sport, in our sport or any sport, right? To, To be able to find those full time positions that, um, you can take everything that you learn, that knowledge base. He's also still going out and competing in some jujitsu and gi and no gi events. So okay. he still has the ability. He's young enough that he can get on the mats, but you're right. For him to be able to do it as his profession and what he does to make a living is just really special. Yes. Um, it's yes. rare uh, just because there's not that many opportunities out there to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you see, see people being able to succeed after their college years are done, Yes. Uh, it's, it's special and it's, and it's fun to see. It truly is. And so Teague, what are you bringing to the world of construction that is innovative? It is disruptive. It is, uh, it it is creative from our wonderful sport and from, from the years in coaching. What, what do you, what do you feel you're going to be able to bring to that industry? Number one, I think I can bring a work ethic that, my employer and the people that I'm going to work with are going to see that I'm going to be willing to fully commit to the task at hand sure. until the job is done and the, and the, and the job is done right. So I'm very detail oriented. Um, I kind of thrive in the organizational space. I love being able to um, organize and communicate with people so that we can all stay on the same goal so that the team can move forward and we all, realize that there's deadlines and there's priorities that we all have to hit. And so that's what I hope I bring to the table at, at the same time I'm doing that, Peter, I'm also, I started a new uh, business. It's okay. a wrestling consulting business. Awesome. So w- while I'm doing the construction during the day and full time in my evenings and weekends, I'm still reaching back out to young wrestlers and their parents that are going through the recruiting process so that, they can understand those important things that they have to ask as they go through the recruiting process. I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm disrupting the NCAA recruiting process. I'm just offering knowledge okay. to people that are going through it so that they better understand what their choices look like. Ultimately, I want kids to make their college choice and have explored every area 
that they could be hitting when they go to college? What are some of the hurdles and pitfalls that they may face? I want to ask them questions through the recruiting process, make sure they talk to the college coaches okay. and get some things answered before they go. And so not only with, with my full-time job with construction management, but also with what I'm doing with this side business with wrestling consulting, I'm, I want to be able to organize and help people understand what the process that they're, that they're going through And sure. with my full-time job. That is us building or developing piece of land or piece of property and making it the best that it can be for the next client, the next owner in, in the consulting, I want to prepare them, give them the information and make sure that they're communicating and organized so that when a wrestler goes to college, he doesn't have to worry about transferring in two years because he made the wrong choice of a wrong coach, a wrong school or a wrong program. I, I want that. them to know and have the answers before they go in. So they know what to expect. And those hurdles are not too high. The pitfalls sure. are not too big. They can get over top of them and still succeed in college without either losing a wrestling career or having to transfer along the way. You know, Teague, I, I, I'll tell you, whether I'm, whether I'm an athlete, a wrestler, or a vendor, or a client, or an employer, I want an advocate like Teague Moore, <laughs> is well, what you. I'm hearing. And, uh, and, and, you know, that positioning, that, that side business, if you will, um, I, I, I see you positioning yourself as an empathetic parent, almost like an extra parent, if you will, to shepherd, shepherd them through the process. Uh, and I think that that is so absolutely 100% what everything about your life has been so far uh, to take it to the next level. And I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I'm now working with, there's even some college transfers. There's kids that have gone through the process once sure. and they realized at some point I made the wrong decision. Boy, well, they oh boy, and their parents yeah. have reached out to me Yeah, and I just really, I enjoy, I get a lot of satisfaction in being able to help them figure out where is the right place for me to be. Sure. Every, every college program out there is run a little bit differently. The sure. institution is a little bit different. The philosophy and the goals are a little bit different. My hopes is to help every wrestler that I talk to understand what their goals are and then align them with the right coach in the right program, whether it's division one, division two, division three, sure. so that they can reach their goals, keep wrestling, in their life at the level they want to keep it. Some guys want to do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Others, they just want to do it to where they're a part of something and yep. it'll help keep them organized in college. And that's why I want to be able to help them get them to the right place. Sure. So that they and there's places the everywhere level. for all the rainbow of different uh, ways of matriculating, right? So yeah. uh, Division three is definitely a different mentality than Division two than Division one, And so I think that that perspective and that shepherding and that, that uh, counseling is extremely important, and I'm glad that you're doing it. Agreed. Well, I, I appreciate your kind words. Absolutely. And Teague, you know, this has been a fantastic interview. And, uh, uh, you know, coming out of this insane year that we've all lived through, um, and I just had my I just had my three captains in and I interviewed them because I wanted to put it in memorial, you know, in in our memory of what these these poor young guys went through to, to get through a season of of covid. But we want to leave uh, every episode with a message of encouragement, courage, and inspiration. And so I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you to leave the audience with that. And I'll be quiet. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would like to speak to is the high school wrestler out there that is either aspiring on a national level in this sport or they're heading off to college and they see a daunting path in front of them. Number one, set your goals as high as possible and then be willing to wake up every single day and put your best effort towards achieving that goal. It's one thing to have a goal. It's another thing to live that goal out sure. and, and truly and honestly being able to give yourself to that. That Some days are not going to be fun. We can all agree on that. Yes. Anybody that's been in this sport and, and have been through the tough workouts, there's not going to be a lot of easy days. But the satisfaction that you're going to achieve at the end, whether you become a national champion or a state champion or you just qualify to that tournament, there's going to be satisfaction in that. The other, the other person I would speak to in that is the parent that's still involved in the sport. Yes. Your kids are, are accepting and your kids are willing to go out there and compete in one of the hardest sports there is. My only ask as a parent and, and having been a coach for so many years, just give them as much support as possible because there's going to be those tough days of tough competitions. Things don't turn out like they want. Sure. Um, also, your kids are usually going to run into somebody, a coach or a mentor along the way that's willing to push them to the next level. And as a parent, when your kids get there, uh, my advice is that you can just help them through that process and support them through that process because it's not easy to be a national champion or if they aspire to be a world champion, there are going to be days and weeks where they're going to have to overcome huge obstacles. And sometimes especially nowadays, some parents kind of get caught up in that yes. um, and they, they kind of lose sight of what, what their, their wrestler is going through to try to achieve. So just be there to support. And uh, as my parents were, my parents didn't know the sport of wrestling, but they did absolutely everything they could for me to achieve. And I didn't realize it until years down the road how supportive they were through those tough times as much as they were there during those successful times. So I'm just very appreciative of it. And, and I hope anybody going through the process realizes this is not something easy. The sport of wrestling, it's very difficult to succeed, but when you do, you can look back on it and realize the time and the effort and the energy was well worth it. And you can succeed pretty much in everything that you attack. And I think that you're going to be very successful in the construction industry. And that individual that hired you made a great hire. Thank you, Teague. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Appreciate well, great words, Teague. And I really, really appreciate you spending time with us um, and uh, all the way from Washington, D.C. So uh, be well and uh, good luck uh, as you uh, uh, now explore the entire construction industry. Thank you. Thank you guys for what you do. I just started listening to your podcast. I'm excited to hear more in the future. I, I love um, the philosophy that you've brought to your podcast and, and the themes that you bring to it. So I'm excited to learn more about the wrestling community and what they're doing. Well, good luck, man, my man. Thank you so much. This is Coach Simroni. We had Teague Moore. We are all blood. Love to all. I want to thank Brandon and his team at Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute, our newest sponsor. What a marvelous mission. Thank you, Brandon, for bringing these wonderful people back into productive society at Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute. Visit them at 13101 Shaker Square, Edwin's Restaurant. Thank you.
Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.